Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVere. And I'm Chris Hatfield. Gabe, I figure that we should just have this podcast to talk about these Ed Sheeran allegations. Why is he being accused of stealing music from Marvin Gaye? I know nothing about this. Literally, it's one of these things that every time I... Like, you know, pull up Twitter, wake up, get on your phone, scroll through Twitter. There's a new news story that comes out about Ed Sheeran being a criticized of, um, you know, taking taking songs from Marvin Gaye. And I guess it was from Let's Get It On with Thinking Out Loud of his version. He is in court fighting this. What Do you have an opinion on this? Have you followed this story? I, I in, in the 30 seconds since you started this. I or you know I have pulled up Ed Sheeran trial continues. Did he copy Marvin Gaye? What do you it's need to know from uh, the failing New York Times? <laughs> um, I, he, I will say the like whole business of like what's interpolation and what's copying is like incredibly fascinating. And if you have no knowledge of it, like you absolutely should. Like one of the most con- like a lot of people don't realize, like one of the most consequential legal trials in the last 15 years was was it was it Marvin Gaye's estate versus the uh, the blurred lines guy oh, yeah. versus Robin? They Ford. have seven. They have an article here that I just miss of seven landmark cases, and that's one of them. Um, Robin Thicke and Pharrell were on the front of it, so I'm assuming that is one of those landmark cases. Um, they they made so much money on that because that song was like incredible, and it's like and, and like. It bankrupted. I think it like maybe bankrupted Robin Thicke. Like he's on the he's on the mass singer, and I think he's like sober now. But he was like in some in some ish yeah. in some shit on this. And um, it's it's no, fascinating, it's, it's fascinating. To me because so much of hip hop is this. It's creating mm-hmm. samples and beats from old songs. And like, do you guys just really just want to tear down like an, an entire genre of music? Uh, th- that's kind of what I was getting to with the Kirks of it asking you. It just seems a little ridiculous anymore to be doing this in 2023. It's ridiculous. And like, like then you can even like go back to what, who was it? It was vanilla ice yeah. that like yeah. used the under pressure and like, like that it was already like settled precedent. Like, Oh yeah. He added like a clang that like made it different. And that like song, like those two, that song is the exact song. Like, like these like things are like blur, like the blurred lines. Like it has like one like baseline through and I was like, Oh, okay. That's a baseline from this song. But like, it is not the same there. song. It is like in no way, shape or form the same there, song. In fact, blurred lines. the lines lines are blurred so to answer your question yes i mean but i think it like does lend itself and this is like an immensely philosophical question that some dudes uh are like thinking about right now like oberlin college is like have we run out of songs (laughs) have we like run out of like have we run out of like themes and like music through lines i mean people people say that about movies like we run out of movies every movie is a copy of a different of another another movie just like remixed like maybe we've done the same with songs does that mean like and then like does that mean we're always going to get sued i was like oh yeah i'm coming i came up with this like different and it's kind of sounds similar it's it's hilarious to me when you hear like oh this sounds just like this song they definitely like copied it and they're like, no, like that's absolutely not the case. Like we've like they're not identical. Like they were maybe thinking the same thing. It's just there's only it's math. Like there's only so sure. many 
permutations of the 12 notes in like five different, you know, five different octaves that are like perceptible to human, <laughs> human doing. It's not, it's not <laughs> something I do often, but I w- I'll be generally curious about like the written text from the court on whatever decision they come up with for, for whatever reason though, I do find it interesting that it's just constantly been on my timeline. Um, every day. I, I don't know why I see it every day. And that's, that's just why I just had to ask you. Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it crazy that it's like Marvin Gaye's family is the one that's like <laughs> on the forefront of this. Like you wouldn't have just, guessed just that, to get another right? payday, like, like, man. Just like Marvin Gaye's family is like, yo, we're, we're turning this into a legal machine. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> uh, incredibly fascinating, Chris. Um, you know, I know it's been a bit since we've been on the pod. We've been moving in silence. Um, don't, 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 don't think that we haven't been working. We haven't been doing things. You just, you didn't hear it because we moved wow. in silence. Um, and, uh, and with that, I guess we should start the show. We have a ton to talk about at <laughs> the intro. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. And we're back, Chris. Um, as I said from the top, it's been a bit. Last time we talked, we were talking about what we wanted, I think, from this roster, what we wanted from this Louisville basketball, the second offseason of KP. We had talked about um, you know, Jeff Brom coming in. So we'll definitely be talking about roster building today and kind of a different and multiple different facets. Um, but we're recording this on uh, April the 28th. We are a week before Oaks Day. Um there are there is some uh, a recruit on campus. We'll talk about it for for Louisville basketball. Louisville football is working, but the big news of the day is that Danilo Jovanovic, Danilo Jovanovic, DJ, DJ is beautiful. I like um, that. A uh, who has transferred to the University of Louisville from. Miami. He was a preferred walk-on, I believe. At Chris is was what I've I've read. He was a preferred walk-on at Miami. He was 186th in the 2022 class. He played a whopping two minutes in one game. Was injured, then returned. Oh, he was, I, he was and redshirt. Injured. I didn't know he was injured. Wow. Okay. I believe he was that's injured. interesting. I thought, I thought they I just believe let me, no, I mean, uh, if that's the case, I just didn't see that part. I was, that's, that's interesting. Uh, here, here's what, here's what Mike Rutherford said in his article. Um, he logged two minutes in a December win over St. Francis. He missed the first five games of the season because of a minor ankle ankle injury. But when he returned to full strength, hurricane head coach, Jim Laranaga say that his plan was to shelve Jovanovic for the rest of the season with the hope of red shirting. There you him. go. Yeah, so he. So I don't know if it's confirmed if he's a red shirt. It says still sophomore. It doesn't say red shirt sophomore here. Um, we'll see how that goes. I assume he'll get that waiver. They're usually pretty good yeah. about those types of things. To be honest, he 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 logged no statistics in those two minutes. <laughs> I will add he a trillion. Um, shout out to Club Trillion. Um, but he is receiving a scholarship for uh, this coming year, um, which means Louisville now has two scholarships remaining. Um, as we said, they're hosting a, a transfer. They're hosting USC, USC small forward Trey White and have been heavily involved with five-star recruit Mackenzie Mbako, uh, who was committed to Duke. Um, still one guard, one true 
point guard on the roster um, in Sky Clark, a guard in Karan Davis. Kenny Payne is telling us that Trent Flowers is a guard. Um, we've we've heard evidence to the contrary on that. Chris, where are you? Um, how much are you freaking out? Uh, there's so many places to start, man. Uh, I've, today, like, I wasn't even sure if I wanted to record because I'm just so tired of it, but I knew we need to talk, so I'm glad we are. Um, let me start out with this. So, Synergy Sports, you may have heard of them before. They do a lot, a lot of basketball yeah. stuff. Like, for me, that would personally be like a dream job to work for Synergy Sports. They're awesome. They define, basically, they go a little bit deeper for positions um, and define kind of the roles of an offensive identity. I tweeted this out so you can see it, too. So, it's not very complicated. Yeah, yeah playmaking ball handlers. I'll put, I'll, put, yeah. I'll put it in the notes. I'll put it in yeah, the notes. Yeah, playmaking ball handlers, secondary ball handlers, scoring ball handlers. And then you have a host of wings. And then you have a host of different bigs. But we'll focus on the ball handlers. Well, right now on the roster... You say Sky Clark is a true guard, and that is the prevailing theme. But right now, Synergy Sports, who does this, is their entire agency is built on defining things like this. They define Sky Clark as a secondary ball handler. So, with that in mind, technically, Louisville doesn't have a true ball handler on its roster in the eyes of you know all these analytics guys. So, I say that to say that. Signing another forward, regardless of his talent, unless he's like some premier, premier player, and that's not what you're having here, is just a complete slap in the face to everyone. It almost feels like we're kind of being trolled at this point. Like, it's funny because it's, I mentioned it before we started the podcast that this guy had some decent numbers at the 2021 EYBL, which is like a huge event, AAU event. You know, he put up 21 and four on Cal Filikoski, 20 and six against Shaden Sharp's team. So like some decent numbers to where you could say like, Hey, maybe this dude could be an under the radar talent. Maybe something's there, but like that part matters so little at this point that you, you just overlook it because it's just, what are we doing? How can you look at this team and say, this is a good fit? You could have a lot of talent. I think some of the talent on this team, just on paper, is worthy of getting into an NCAA tournament. But you, if you don't have a distributor, a guard in basketball, it just doesn't work. It's, it's like playing soccer without a forward, like playing football without you know a quarterback, like playing baseball without a shortstop. Like, it, it, I mean... I'll let you talk. We no, we did this. We did this last season. LLS was fantastic. LLS was great, but it wasn't enough. Giving one guy thirty-two to thirty-five minutes a night to be the lead guard is not sustainable. It's not. It's not sustainable unless they're a high, 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 high level guy. And uh, Sky Clark hasn't proved that yet. And even in college, you just aren't getting those guys. This isn't the NBA. I'm not. I'm not having Jalen Brunson come and play for Louisville basketball. It's just not. It's not the same. Well, you said, and it's it's serious, sincerely how I feel is we're getting trolled. We're getting trolled. It's 428. Kentucky fans are joking. That was Kenny Payne's record. It's Kenny Payne day. He gives us this. 
what is this? What are we supposed to do with this? Yeah, no, like I would, <laughs> what, what, I would. How are we supposed to? How are we supposed to be excited? How are we like? Like I'm not. I know you're you're trying to jump in, but I did just want to say like, and I've said it before. Insanity. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and getting the same results. This is the exact same. We're in the exact same position. We're in the exact same position as last season. How are we supposed to make the tournament? How are we supposed to make the tournament? And it's so hard to even approach oh, the conversation from any type of rational, like analytical perspective, because again, I mean, I, I tweeted this out like a few days ago. Bartorvik, scouting services. All these people say that mobile has upgraded their talent compared to what it was last season. And I believe that. I mean, these are people that they make their living on evaluating players. And if they're all telling you the same thing, then eventually I put aside what I personally think about these players and say, hey, there are a thousand people that are saying the same thing about the talent level. It probably is upgraded. Maybe I'm wrong. And I believe that's the case. I believe there's talent here. I believe that this roster is a tournament type of team, but you absolutely have no faith in it because who's coaching it? You absolutely have no yes. faith in it because the structure of the team foundationally makes no sense. Like, it, I would love to give some type of epic rant here, but it, I'm just tired. I'm out of, I'm no, out of it's, energy. It's, it's, and it's, you know, I, you know, absolutely. Like you said, talent wise, like it, getting Dennis Evans is a coup. It was an absolute coup. It was, was fantastic. That's exactly what I want to see. You know, we've heard differing things, you know, the market for McKenzie flowers, but a lot of people do. And maybe he's good. Yeah. He's not a guard. That's what I was about to say. We've heard differing things. I'm sure I was like, I mean, you know, he, he, what he ended up, I think what 19th in the right. new class uh, is, is that correct? And, and on rivals or, or two, four, seven, I don't remember, but, I, but that's, that's coming to mind. Um, you know, sky Clark, it's, is he has pedigree, you know, like you said, talents there, the, 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 the first few weeks of this off season, had me ready to get on the right track with, with Kenny Payne. And then it just, we hit the brakes and then we stopped and then we got Kenny Payne moving in silence again. Um, and I, I, I did it. And I've, I, you know, I have people asking me what's going on with Mbako. Like I heard we're linked with them. What's going on. And you know, he's supposed to come here for a visit. Chris, I, I didn't I bet he doesn't come. Like even yeah, though they're think, saying it, like what's what what what's what 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 do I have to believe in to tell me that that's actually a hundred percent gonna happen? Well, it seems like, like it, it seems like <laughs> with Mbaka in particular, like I thought for a while he was coming to Louisville, and I still think. I mean, yeah. I feel decent about it. I definitely don't feel like I did a few days ago, but it seems like we followed such a general pattern with these recruits to where. They get in the portal. Louisville's heavily linked with him. You hear nothing, yep. and then it fades away. And the, the thing about him in particular, I can't really have my rant right now because he's obviously still, you know, a free agent. If that's what you want to call it, he hasn't committed <laughs> anywhere. But Nolan Smith having a direct tie in there, and Louisville being able to offer a lot of playing time, you think it would be a slam dunk? And it, yeah. to, to be here right now. To where Louisville still hasn't got a visit. I think they're actually scheduled scheduled to get the visit after Indiana, which I think he's at Indiana now. Um, maybe it's Indiana, Kansas, then Louisville, uh, one of the two. But for Louisville to still be in this position to where it kind of feels like limbo is just frustrating. And you're seeing a same repeated, I mean, repeated thing that happened last season. They could have went and got the kid from um, Western Kentucky, McKnight. I 
Yep. yep. I, I'm not even going to give my opinion on him because my opinion's mixed, but it, it's kind of to the side. He's a feasible point guard. He's a decent point guard. He's going to play for Xavier next year. He is an okay point guard. Instead, they put all their baskets into Minningfield from Washington, who ended up going to Arkansas. They miss out on Minningfield. L. Ellis leaves because he's told he's going to have to play a different role, and they end up with none of them. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's becoming such of a less of an issue about – what you do on the court, obviously that's going to be number one. But there's so many other systematical issues here where you're thinking like just being in control of a program. There is no plan to go, hey, if this doesn't work, I'm going to go A, B, C, D. It's we're right. Louisville. We're Nolan Smith. I'm going to get all the guys I want because that is what I said. And we're putting all our eggs in this basket. And if it doesn't work, then, oh, shit, it didn't work. I can't believe it didn't work. I mean, the kid from North, North Texas, I'm not going to divulge some of the stuff I've heard because I can't say any of this stuff with 100-degree certainty. But the kid from, from North Texas, Tyler Perry, probably going to end up at, at one of the Texas schools, probably going to end up at Texas Tech. Louisville loses Minningfield. And they the day they lose Minningfield, they're reaching out about – this Perry kid who's been in the portal for two weeks, who already pretty much has a place where he's going. Like that's, that's where yeah. we're at right now. Guys playing catch up because I don't know if it's ego. I don't know if it's incompetence, but they already feel like both. It's probably both. <laughs> it, it probably is both. I mean, the, the, the Nolan Smith aspect of this is just, that's a, that's a whole deal. Like you've got to, you've got to, Actually, I'll throw that to you in a second. Go ahead and what you're going to say, because I don't want to. I want you to. Uh. No, I, I don't have. I, I'm right where with you. Like, I, I don't I don't know what else there is to say. Like you said, there's no there's no large rant. And and it's put the fan base in such a position. We have that guy, that truly Donovan guy say. who's like, there's so much. He literally, uh, if you don't follow him, he's like, yeah, I don't know. He's like a basketball. Inside. I don't know. I don't. I think he's like, what, a former assistant I'll, coach somewhere I'll, probably. I'll, is I'll what vouch we think. for his information. And other people will vouch for his information. He's got good info. He's He's been right a lot. And he says, I'm hearing so much weird stuff out of Louisville. I'm done talking about them. Like I'll talk about him next year, next off season. Like I'm just, there's no point. There's like, it's, I don't know what's true and what's not. I'm hearing so much different stuff. I think what he means by that is some of the information that's being fed from him, from the staff is just like not true. And that's what happened last season. And it's weird because I'm in this position now to where when it, when it comes to Louisville basketball, I'm getting more information than I've ever got before. And in the past, I would be a lot more willing to share it to others but you just don't know how true any of it is, man. Like I, I yeah. was told, you know, on no uncertain terms that RJ Lewis was done and committed by the end of the week. And we're sitting here Friday and that hasn't happened. And it looks like that they're probably, you know, they have the, the, the Trey white kid on campus. And if they get him, it wouldn't make much sense for them to get both. Um, so right. it's just stuff like that's happening all the time, every day. People are being told all these things repeatedly, day every day, day after day, day after day. And then when the facts come out, it's nothing like it like that at all. I mean, dude, we <laughs> – Fabio Basile and Hersey Miller last year, bro. And, like, right now we have, <laughs> we have a guy who – I went back and forth on Sky Clark. I When he first came to Louisville, I was so, so down on it. And after looking at like a little bit more, I've gotten little more to the idea of him being decent. And I think he's going to be a better defensive player than L. Ellis was. But you're still relying on a right. guy that 
hasn't played a full season coming off an ACL injury that's going to have to play all those minutes, like you said. Like, who in the world thinks it's a good idea? He should also be playing off ball, too. Like, who in the world thinks it's a good idea for him to be the only lead guard, the only like the only option at lead guard? Like, and I don't, I don't know what this, what, what Karan Davis is his name, right? Um, I, I don't know. I, he, he, He's a you know JC All American. I don't know. I've heard some differing stuff on the the quality of the conference that he's in is not the best. Apparently, like is he is he ready for ACC play? Maybe not. And it's <laughs> it's, it's just so hard to to talk about these things with any sincerity because you just can't get over just the obvious warts. Like there are things that I like, like Curtis Williams. I think could be seriously like a good basketball player I've, yeah. I mean, you know you know how this stuff goes you, you you're right you're wrong sometimes and, but he is almost right. a duplicate of Caleb Glenn like they're the same player they're the same exact player and you have you feel yeah. like you have another you feel like you have like three of those players at the same position and now you're getting another forward and so you can't yeah. you can't have a deeper conversation about the team because you can't just get past these overall warts. Like we are sitting here with the number five overall class in 2023 and what 60, 65% of the fan base is furious. That's so weird. It's, it's, it's incredibly odd. It's incredibly odd. And it's, 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 I, I, I'm at the place where it's like, how much worse can it get? Like we were at, we won five games last year. Like what, like, I think they're going to win more than five games this year. I mean, they, they certainly could just as just talent wise, like you said, like it's, you know, maybe they win 10 games next year. I don't think the fan base is going to get any more upset. Yeah, I would say uh, they've I been there. Like before. My personal expectation would be like 12 to 14 right now. As everything says, that's, I don't know. that would be like kind of the number I put on it. Something I found weird is that a lot of the people champion the class have no expectations for next year. So you, you're saying you're saying all these good things about Kenny Payne, the players coming in, and Trenton Flowers as a guard and all this stuff. Well, then you ask him about next year. Like, do they have to make the tournament? Well, I don't, I don't know. What? It's a Ponzi scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme. You're getting got. You're getting got. I don't understand what. Like, I, I, I if you're still, if I saw. I mean, we joked about some of the, some of the people who have been the loudest. KP. KP Union, KP Defenders, what, what KP Mafia yeah, people have been calling them. Like some some of the largest people even by this this Jovanovic guy. Who who the hell is this guy? And I don't mean like I'm sorry to him. He he dominate me. That's fine. I'm not trying to insult him, but th- th- all of these different things, you can maybe take them separately and be like, oh, well, that's interesting. Well, that's that's how that happened. It's the consistent mistakes. Yeah, and the thing and is, like, how they all fit together. There's no the picture we're painting all together looks like looks like a four year old with finger paints. It just doesn't look right. It doesn't make sense. And you could go in and, <laughs> you know, maybe you're a guy who wants to look at film and break down a player's game and say, hey, there's something here. I think this guy could be good. But my point is that doesn't even matter. Watch a basketball game. If you don't have someone distributing the ball, you just have a bunch of guys running around. And the makeup of this roster is so flawed. Like we saw it under more tenured coaches like Chris Mack. Look at the overhaul. I mean, 
It's why have we been waiting four years to have a decent point guard? The best point guard we've had in four years is Jarrett West. What the fuck? Why? How? I take Jared West yeah. today. I take him now. I take him right now, Chris. Sorry, no disrespect to Car- I take Jared no, West no, right no disrespect now. To Carly Jones. He was the best in the last four years. I'm sorry, last three. That's true. That's true. Um, Carly was a good player, but even even saying that, Carly's the best player that we've had in what five years? A G League borderline player who probably wouldn't be a G League player if he didn't bust his ass. Like, there's no, you know what I mean? Like, there's not natural talent there. I love Carly, but like, there's not been. A- I'd commit. I'd commit petty crime for J- for a Jared West type right now. I'd sh- hey, you got to shoplift twenty dollars worth of things from CVS, and you'll get a Jared West. I'm in. I'm not to sound like a stat nerd, but I was going through like the <laughs> the high school stats. They're kind of hard to find, so you know you can take it for what it's worth. <laughs> but I was going through the high school stats, and I was going through this roster. And I'm pretty sure that Louisville's going to have a complete roster where no player has a positive assist-to-turnover ratio. Like, that's crazy. That's insane. And It's insane. It's, it's insane. And, 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 and like, like I said, I tweeted out, like, don't insult this fan base. And I don't mean that, like, I'm not even, like, saying that's, like, people who are, like, KP, like, you know, the KP heads. Like, like even or like even Kenny Payne itself, like don't don't insult this fan base with that. Like we 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 we're smart enough at basketball, man. We're smart enough at basketball to know when things are going to look good and when they're not. Like it's just we're there. This is an intelligent fan base. Um, they've seen great guards. They've seen they've seen great college guards. You know, not even talking about like elite you know, NBA people like we, we know, we know what it means to get a decent three star, like a low end four star, like floor general. Like that's just what, that's what we're asking for. We don't need a five star guy. That's the thing, if it, just give us someone if decent. The kid that, that committed today and he was a guard and he had the same, all the prerequisites, you'd be okay with it because you'd understand it. You, you would say that, you know, there's a role being filled here, but anymore, I just don't even know how to, talk about it seriously it just it feels like i'm on a different planet and i don't understand the people i mean i understand what some of their motivations are but but some of the people (laughs) that log in and just look for mentions to go through that tell you that you shouldn't be a local fan because you're actively critiquing the roster like i legitimately don't get what you're doing with your lives (laughs) I understand that some people are getting more information than they've ever gotten in their life. And that makes them feel good. So they're going to protect Kenny Payne, Kenny Payne to their dying breath and more power to you. That's what you want to do. But for like a good portion of people, I don't understand why we can't just have an honest conversation about the local basketball program and that be okay. We're a smart enough fan base to do that. A smart enough fan base, like we can have it. We can have discussion. Football, we're still trying to figure it out. I don't know. I mean, fo- football brings out the worst. I think just generally, like pro football, like try having a discussion with a Cowboys fan. Like, it, like I get it. Like I get that. But like basketball fans are smart enough. I mean, that's like it's practically ruined the NBA. How smart basketball fans are. Like it's it's it's, it's like we can we can talk about this. It's not you know it's not ridiculous. I I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say. You said. RJ Luis is the only guy we haven't talked about. Um, 
I don't know if you, you know, you said, as you heard, it sounds, I don't, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, would, would be I don't have any more information on him anymore at this point that I yeah. want to share because I thought it was trending one way. And I, don't I know. guess we're, we're, we, we remain in wait and see. We remain in wait and see. There's two spots left on this roster. It seems like Kenny Payne is intending on filling them. Um, we will see. <laughs> that's a good way to, that's we a good will way see. to put it without, without giving any promises. There are two roster spots and Kenny Payne is <laughs> intending to fill them. Um, I think those are, that, that's true. I, I didn't even know this guy visited campus. Was there a tweet about it? Like I would have retweeted it. Well, I have not, I, I have really, I've really messed up the transfer portal. I uh, track. I apologize. I had COVID. I got sick after that. I have not, been like the last month it has not been updated and Here's that's my something fault. i do i do but, think it's a bit bit interesting though <laughs> do you think it's problematic that a player commits to louisville and a hundred percent out of the get-go that everyone knows he's on scholarship immediately like why is that it even being lost in translation that's a problematic systematic message that you have with your program everyone should know that if a kid's yep. committing he's on scholarship or he's not there should be no, especially like guys yep. like Mike, uh, Ty Spotting, guys that I would consider very close to the program who have, you know, relative sources inside the program. Them not knowing from the jump if he's a scholarship player? How? That That's weird, man. That's really weird. I want to lighten the mood for a second and just take me through your experience of last <laughs> night of seeing Will Levis fall in the draft. <laughs> If you have anything, if you don't have anything to say, that's fine. But it was a pretty entertaining night. I mean, I think I I think my joy is more with Kentucky fans who thought he was going to be so highly ranked. Like I genuinely like we've talked about this, and I'll let you say what how you feel because because I completely agree with how you feel about Will Elvis himself. But it's like one of those like, and Kentucky, you know. Kentucky football is having these moments. It's like y'all thought you were Tennessee. <laughs> y'all thought you were like y'all thought you were this thing, but you weren't. Like like they went in acting like this was going to be NBA draft night. Like their guy was just going to get up early and and they'd get the hug with Stoops on camera. But that's not who he is. That's not what this program is. <laughs> that's not what they are. They want to act that way. They got a they got a guy who's good at tweeting, a recruiter that's good at tweeting, and they want to act that way. What if you recruiting battles? You lost to Vandy, bro. Don't come in here and act like you're O State with your quarterback in the top ten. You lost to Vandy. Yeah, I mean the the repeated, the, the, you know, the the showing at Tennessee and the things, just the the humble, the humbling yourself of Kentucky football fans has been fun to watch. Um, Outside of Levis, like, I can understand people being happy because Levis does kind of have that cocky persona. I was listening to um, V-CIN today, and they were talking about how there were some GMs that couldn't believe how cocky he was in interviews, which is funny. It, it sounds that way. I heard but that as well. I, heard, I, don't, yeah. I don't have any desire to watch a dude get embarrassed on national TV. Like, that's whatever. No. It, you kind of feel bad at, at the end because, obviously, like, it's still a dude who's worked his whole life to do something, and that, that just sucks. But – from a Kentucky fan perspective, um, yes, <laughs> it was very entertaining to see um, just another slice of a reminder of where their program still is. It's 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 also one of those I, I do like from like a large like from like an NFL perspective, like league wide perspective. To me, as like 
you know, the NFL draft is so fun. And like having watched, we watched Teddy go through, we watched Lamar go through and like the giants have, I've like several times, you know, obviously having to see them figure out the quarterback situation. It is so refreshing to see teams like Will Levis is the ideal. This is a, this is a, uh, a guy who, you know, could rise in the draft. Like he's got the tools. He doesn't show it. His stats don't show it. Like go look at Josh Allen's stats when he played at one. They're, they're yeah. horrendous. He, he was not that good. And like, and then people make up, Oh, he's got the arm strength. He's got the arm talent. And like, it was, it's honestly like, and yes, obviously it's made sweeter by being Kentucky fans, but it is a breath of fresh air to like, see like football people recognize that that's, idiotic in this case like it just like anthony richardson i don't care how he played against kentucky like his ceiling is the ceiling and when you're at that point like be having a you're not trying to draft a a the 16th best quarterback in the nfl you want to draft the top five quarterback in that position so like there's just no point in like taking will levis who you know his ceiling to me has always been, you know, he's, mid-level, he's also, like mid level quarterback. Right. I mean, he's 25 years old. He's 25. He's 25 years old. His ceiling is like Pat, like maybe game manager on a very good defensive yeah. team. You know, that's, yeah, we're not going to score. We're not going to score more than 21, 24 points a game, but the defense is going to hold the other team to 14. I'm not going to make 10, this a big thing right? because I don't think many people care about it, but it was very funny to continue to see ESPN figure out how they want to talk about gambling because like last night they kept showing the probability thing. And I don't think people understand that you can't <laughs> model the draft because it's like an imperfect. Set. You can't it's model not, that. It, but to see that with like the reverse of barely any like conversation about what the Miami heat did to the bucks and how like historic that was from a gambling perspective and it barely got a mention on like any of the shows. It was just funny to me, but the, the probability of like 1%, you have to understand that these are domino effects and they're all coming from individual human decisions that there's not like a, there's not a FPI on the NFL draft. You can't, yeah. you, you just can't do that. It, it was funny to me. And, and this is, this is super inside baseball, but like, I know like, I follow the guy who like devised some of those models and they had like a very cool, I think I even shared it. I think I may have sent it to you. I definitely shared it somewhere. Uh, like cool, like here, you know, here be the draft or like draft from this perspective. And they imported all of the gambling. They imported all the mock drafts that they had. And it's like, Oh, you can be, and like, here's like the percent that this guy will be here. The next, you know, a very, it looked rudimentary because it was just all on the back end, but it was a very, like very cool, like version of you doing the mock draft for whatever team you wanted to do your own team, et cetera. It was very cool. And like that guy has like, from ESPN analytics has been criticized because he creates these models and these statistics that don't necessarily like reflect what things are. This is very inside baseball, but like he talked about like pass rush. He invented like two years ago, like pass rush win rate or like rush rush, like rush rush win rate. Basically what a defensive lineman, like their success rate, like a more advanced version of their success rate. And Aaron Donald place like very low in all of them and every like every every football guy like even some of the analytical ones like i'm sorry dude but you wrote a statistic that's a like hand like hand and feet above the next like two and three guys is like 
bottom half of the league in this. Like it's just it's yeah, wrong. Oh, yeah. like you, just, there's, it's just, you can't model this. Maybe you can't model As this. Someone my that's, guy. That, that's <laughs> attempted and failed and succeeded and failed again on doing things like that and having like a guy like Mookie Betts at the low end of, of uh, you know, attempted statistical models. Sometimes you just have to cut your losses and start from scratch. Um, and yeah, I think that's probably a good example of that. <laughs> that was a long explanation for something, but basically Aaron Donald yeah, is just, good. And uh, I don't want to hear an advanced I, stat that tells I, me I, he's I, not. I just, I just had enough of seeing a 2% probability of, yeah. I agree. No, you were, you were, there was a ton of people said that. And I, I like, that was so laughable, man. Like that's just based on that's, that's, you're right. It's, it's the, 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 the lumps that the media will go through trying to figure out like gambling and stuff. And that's definitely one of them. Um, other big thing that happened, we'll, we'll talk about football in a minute, but the other big thing this morning, and I do want to touch on that. I know we, 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 we try and, you know, we, 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 we don't always cover women's basketball, but Haley Van Lith fully locked in on LSU now transferred away since our last podcast. Um, I don't know if you want me to, to say my yeah, show, go, go first or if you have, go ahead you because want. I think I'm less passionate about this than you. I, I tweeted it. I, I don't know. I, I struggle I'm struggling with the and I say this, this is hypocritical of me of like one of the top Kevin Durant to Golden State haters like mm-hmm. ever. Like I was so mad. That made me so mad. I was so annoyed by it, mostly because I just loved Oklahoma City like in that era. It wasn't it was far less about Golden State. But anyway, like the ring chasing part is like, oh, she's chasing a ring. Like I just I'm so annoyed with us talking about that. Like that's just the least common denominator. Oh, like I'm done with it. Like Kim Mulkey sucks. Yes, Kim Mulkey. I think that ring chasing conversation has evolved like a big time in the last three years from a sports perspective. But go ahead. Like I, I, how I how just, so? No, please. I, I, I love people that. People have changed their opinions vastly from Kevin Durant to where we are now on ring chasing. I think when Kevin Durant, but like I've seen so many people say, I like I think you're right. I think the majority of people don't see that. But I've seen media people. I saw Rick Buzzard wrote this big article think, about I it. I think like, there's a like, difference between a basketball fans and college basketball fans. I think NBA fans have accepted that that's a reality in college basketball fantasy associated as. And we're going to and we're going to get that in the next yep. five years in, in men's basketball. I think women's basketball, just because there's so fewer teams that can win, like like we haven't seen it as much like already. Those rosters are stacked with just five star talent at USC, at UConn, at LSU now. Um but as I said, I tweeted it out and I, I got a lot of feedback, um, you know, both publicly, both on Twitter and, and kind of privately. I, I just I, and and Jeff Wall, since I said it, you know, you know, I, I said Jeff Walls, this has to be a wake up call to him and his program. And it has to be if if this person, this, you know, one of the most popular women's basketball players in the country, you know, say what you will about her performance. I think, you know, I do think, I do think Louisville fans who watched her game in and game out, maybe have a different perspective on HBO than random, random college basketball, Twitter person that's dipping their toes into women's college basketball. Um, but it has to be a wake up call for Jeff walls. And he's responded great with these transfers. I know next to nothing about like how they're going to fit together and what, what that means for the team next year. But Jeff Walls is, uh, 
I would agree is one of the five best, you know, probably five, 10 best, you know, women's basketball coaches, but he's never reached the mountaintop and reaching the mountaintop is hard. But like we said, like it can't individually, all those individual failures for different reasons for COVID for, you know, when he, when, you know, losing against Texas A&M, losing against Notre Dame, like they, they can be taken and there's an explanation for each, but when you put them all together in the larger picture, it tells me, can he win the you big can't one? Be a, he, and you can't win the big one until you win the big one. But you can't like, be a local basketball fan and be critical <sighs> of John Calipari's lack of championships and then be mute on Jeff Walls. Like you have to, you have to say Bingo. something there. Bingo. And I, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm less passionate on this than you. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a question to 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 have about you know what women's basketball at Louisville looks like going into this NIL era. Um, this is, you know, when it when it went down, when she obviously like announced her transfer, like it was shocking. It was probably one of the more shocking local sports stories that's happened since, obviously, like the scandal stuff, um, because it's not yeah. it, not anything that, you know, anyone saw coming. And it is kind of a little frustrating that, you know, people closer to the program or even like Jeff Walls was cut, caught off guard like that. That's alarming as anything. Um but I think, you know, I think having these discussions with fans that are both critically and open about the women's basketball program is is a good way to approach it because you can start to, you know, start to kind of diagnose this stuff and, and get it out in the open. And yeah. I don't think you see that enough. Um, there are, I think there are a few people around that are that are doing more, and I, I hope that continues because I think we need that. <laughs> It does seem, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It, it it does seem like the NIL program. I mean, people have been saying even in the in the, you know it suffered. It's not where it should be, maybe in comparison to some of these other schools, um, which you know maybe it's just been a little bit slower to figure that out. Some coach, it's still new, and I think on women's side, obviously, it's it's going to take longer to build that infrastructure than it is for for you know. Football and men's basketball. It's just that's just the reality. Um, but we'll see. You know, he's responded well with, with some of it. It seems like people are excited. Let's let's see how the the pieces come together next season. I'm hopeful. Um, but like, I don't know, man. Like, still top top level talent. They didn't have an, a McDonald's All American this past season. They lost the McDonald's All American that they did have on the other one. Outs, uh, or, um, Peyton Verholst yeah. was her name, and she left. Like, again, all of these things can be taken individually, and I'm sure there's good excuses and good, good explanations. But when you put them all together, it paints a picture and it's just like there has to be some level of criticism. There has to be has to be a question asked. Doesn't mean that he's not a good coach. Doesn't mean we should we should fire him tomorrow. But it's something I'm thinking about. It's like it's a concern. It's like, can we ever get noticed? uh, Can we ever be USC? Have you noticed much of a difference in your Twitter experience over the last three months? Very random, random uh, thought. Now, like, there's so many people that are like talking about leaving Twitter and all these changes at Elon. And I was just curious what Gabe, uh, my an online person, thought about their Twitter experience and how different it was. I'm like, I'm doing. I will say, I'm like, do so little of my actual Twitter activity is on Twitter, like actual, like on the TL, like I'll tweet things out, but even like I changed my name to like a, a Knicks like thing, like Jalen, Jalen Brunson. And like, I'll tweet out those things, but 
it's, it's so interesting. Like I've seen, I've seen it on other people's, but I think like, I've seen like you had like some guy like randomly go in your, your replies and he's only like tweeted three times and he's like a completely random person. Like a few times lately now. And I'm like, if you're doing this to me, I can't imagine what you're doing to people that actually (laughs) matter. If you have an obsession about them, I've seen a little weird. As someone who, as someone who also, um, you know, kind of looks in on a corporate account, um, from time to time, I've seen so much more spam, just so much more, but I personally, for some reason, haven't been getting it, but I've seen it on random people's like whenever someone goes viral, I, I, I stay as like, whenever I'm the for you on the for you page and I realize it, I like switch off. Like I'm, I'm just not, yeah, I just, just I've just had, a, I've had a few <laughs> like weird instances. I stumbled upon an account that was like in Indonesia and they were copying and pasting and reposting my tweets very strange and but that, I've Man. spoken to other people and I'm not the first person that this happened to um I, it's I wouldn't be surprised if that's happening to me as well and I just yeah I don't even it. know how I don't even know how it's definitely it, it definitely seems um, weird but the reason why I kind of asked this question is like if there is some massive migration away from Twitter to blue sky we go I don't know what happens how um different do you think that would change your fan experience With maybe not even just Louisville, maybe like, I don't know, Liverpool or like some of these places where you're not regionally located within them. Not at all. I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying not at all, but I think it's weird because like, I think the idea of like starting over on another platform is really interesting because like I made not mistakes, but just things I wouldn't sure. do now. I did. I, I would, I would, pro- I would there are people be, I, I still follow. I I just be way lower key. I just would be like it. Just it wouldn't be the same. Like I I used to care about how many followers I have. I really don't. The followers I have are the sure. followers. It's not like I I think the people who engage with me now, and I regularly engage with. I appreciate their opinions, and they seem to appreciate mine. And it's just not about that for me anymore. Do you think? Do you? Uh, do so you think it's it, interesting. Like, further deepened your your fandom, or it just made you like more hypercritical or any of those things. I I am fascinated about this because what we're seeing, what we talk about all the time, I don't even know if Twitter didn't exist. I'm not sure we would be nearly as aware within the divide of the fan base that we have right now. So, so when everyone says all the time that is circling you back to Louisville, when everyone says I've never seen the fan base more divided. Well, I mean, has it been that way before? Like, are we sure that when, when Crum and Patino and that was happening, that it wasn't as divided then it is, is now? <laughs> well, and, and something to that, and this is, this is another random story, but like, I remember when Patino had the, um, the extortion right. situation, I worked at U of L. I was at that time calling people, calling people for money, at least one out of every, not quite five, but not 10, like seven calls would be someone mad about that. Someone mad as hell most of the time. And like, like you said, like, well, I don't like, maybe we had Facebook then Facebook was just starting. This, like Twitter was maybe kind of the same medium young. though. Like we're fans. It wasn't the same. Like if it was 2023 Twitter, I think it would have been like a good loud, loud as hell. 30 to 40% of people. 
would have been mad as hell about You could play it. all these games. You could say, like, you know, if Twitter was around there, would, would Rivettino have been fired? Would the public outlash been felt so? You yes, could, you could. I think I think that's a legitimate question. Like, like, I'm not saying it would have happened, but I think it would have been really different. I think it was a foregone conclu- conclusion that Rick Pitino was staying and during that scandal. Like, everyone because just there was no alternative it. voice. Like, there was none that was at least elevated. So I don't know. And I think there would have been. I think there would have been if it was if it was 2023 the, Twitter. Think it would have been. I think about when I work from home and I'm procrastinating my work. Um, yeah. You want to talk about football? <laughs> Two more things, Chris. Really quick, let's talk about football. Obviously, you know, thank goodness for Jeff Brom um, continuing to ball out. Um, several, several high level transfers. Storm Duck is the name that that has kind of popped up recently. And then this tight end, this uh, let me here I have his name right here. Um, Four star tight end. It's between us, Michigan um, State, and somebody else. Michigan State, yeah, right? It'd be great if I. I don't know who the other team is, but because he kind of just popped up, I wasn't even. What in Kentucky? It Uh, it may be. I don't know. Um, I know that he's a highly talented tight end. Messman, Jack Messman. So let's, yeah, top five: um, Auburn, Ole Miss. Missed uh, um, MSU UK yeah. and us, and there is motion in the crystal balls to Louisville today. He is committing today. Uh, James Turner uh, left, you know, but like that's like the only bad news that we've had really since the the, the spring game. You mentioned something about Brahms' comments after the spring game, which was it. it it, I wish it would have been a nice day or like all day. Nice. So, you know, I think people would have more people would have been there, obviously. Well, you, you had some con, you, you said you had an interesting reaction. What, oh, what, I think that, I think that, that was I like just at the beginning you. of spring practice. We were talking about that. And I think that basically was just that there's, there's this huge emphasis on playing fast. That's really all I picked up. It's just fast, 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 mm-hmm. fast. And like, you hear that a lot. You hear a lot in college basketball in preseason that we're going to be faster than we ever said, and that never ends up happening. But yeah. I don't know. It would just be <laughs> – it would kind of be cool for Louisville to be like this no-huddle throttle offense because we've never seen that at Louisville. And, yeah, it wasn't really any groundbreaking take. But if, uh, if Louisville really, really wants to play fast, 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 and maybe they're going to do that here, that would be cool. <laughs> I would I would really enjoy that as well. Um, it would be super fun. And I'm, I'm looking forward to football. Uh, Louisville obviously has a very um, helpful schedule this year where they don't have to play Clemson or Florida State. I'm not saying I'm not I, I'm not going to be we're, we're making the playoff guy. Honestly, the thing that, that I'm, I'm excited like about this offseason so far is that there's been some purity to where no one's freaking out of saying you have to win this many games. It's just kind of taking it for what it is for a moment. And that's that's a bit refreshing. Yeah. Maybe. I completely agree. And I, I even joked that the, uh, what that, that assistant coach is like, clearly he's like, yeah, the vibe here, the vibes here are, are, are better than they've ever been. <laughs> it's like this man knew he knew. Yeah. And like, look, Scott Satterfield, you know, struggling in the transfer portal. I read, you know, just not looking ideal. Um, I, 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 am very excited for the Jeff Brom era. I'm very excited. I can't wait to see. Has seemed like there was a, um, I was going to say it has seemed like there was an emphasis on getting the offensive line much bigger. 
Um, I saw a tweet the other day yes. about the size of what it is now, what it was now. And it is nice to see that we are having an offensive line that is, you know, ACC size. Because although last year the offensive line was pretty decent, we have continually been undersized. And I'm happy that I wanted to see that again. Comple- yes, absolutely. That's definitely been a sad thing. And I- I've loved to see that change. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll see how that keeps going. Obviously, plenty more to come um, in the in the near term on that. It sounds like there's going to be another kind of window. I think another transfer type window coming up or the transfer window closes. And I don't know. Anyway, we'll see more. We'll see more on that. Um, last thing I wanted to ask you about Jack yeah. Harlow album thoughts, Jack, man. Um- Still kind of working through it for the moment. I am happy to see that for the most part, there are positive reactions because this could have went a very bad direction. Uh, I think this was important for this album to be good. And I'm happy that um, yeah, it did kind of go back to some of his own sounding beats, soulful beats. Um, it does kind of seem like the streets are fucking with it. Um, I say the streets, but that's really just me. Yeah. It seems like the non-Louisville streets, yeah. the non-Louisville streets are fucking with me, it too, which like is really Twitter. That's not really me knowing anything else outside of that. But um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I've only listened to it once. I want to. I like to listen to it a few times. I do like, as usual, the uh, the local Louisville references. The Peyton Steve and Montrose Hero mentioned the uh, random mention of Barron County was good. <laughs> yeah. Andy Bashir, yeah. Andy Bashir getting a, getting yeah, forcing him to actually make a statement about yes, I did have a yes. with Jack Carlo. Thank you. <laughs> Funny. I, it'll be interesting. I feel. I feel. I feel like there's a, a Jack Harlow Bashir endorsement yeah. this year. Harlow's like teetering on this edge of being too commercial and still being what he wants to be. And I think he rapped about that struggle um, and talked about it a little bit and felt the need to, I guess, come back to his roots. And I think he did that on some of his album. Um, it's, it's a playful. I'm yeah. I, I've gone through it once. I think the first, the first song is just mm-hmm. fantastic. It's just one of yeah. my favorite songs instantly that he's done in the past few years, just like pure, pure lyrically, you know, you know, melodically, it's just, it's just incredible. I love it. And I think, um, that's, but that, I think that definitely is, you know, knowing like the Louisville dichotomy that we have with the person he's talking about, the type of person he's talking about, I think there's definitely a little bit, maybe something locally that may not be totally understand somewhere else, but, um, Love that song instantly. Um, Common ground. Right? What's uh? Um, so we'll see. I just, just we'll see what the pitchfork review says. Yeah, it's always a big one. <laughs> What's uh, on uh, Gabe's agenda next few weeks? I am. I'm. I told you just before we recorded. I'm going to the Miami game tonight. Hopefully, going to help turn the tide for Louisville baseball. They need to get this figured out. Um, this ACC season has not gone well for them. Um, they got to get that figured out. I'm hoping, I'm hoping I can, I can help you there for the turn of the tide. Um, going to be a decent weekend. You know, we'll, we'll hang out, we'll do some things and then we'll see Derby week. I, I was thinking about going to Thurby, but don't know if that's, don't think that's going to happen. It's going to be so nice. It's going to be so mad. It's going to be nice. I'm like, Oh, yeah. I should be there. But as I told you, I'm holding out for 150. I think I'm going to think the wife and I are Tara, like, Oh, let's, let's go big 150. And, uh, we'll see cool, how that man. goes. Yankees in Cincinnati. I was telling you before that. Yeah. Before, I think, well. I think we're very excited. We're going to try to make it up the Yankees Cincinnati. Um, I too, am just prepping for Derby week, probably a low weekend for me, you know, get the garden together, things like that. So, uh, 
balling out on covers, continuing to ball out. Had a great, had it a great was a really tournament. Good NCAA tournament, and uh, it's always nice to uh, reap the rewards of a lot of work because sometimes it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know. I We're recording this in a new system, so maybe this is going to sound better. But we're recording video. I don't know if anyone's going to get to see the video, but Chris is wearing his covers shirt. And I, looks good. Looks looks yeah, looks like right. a professional. <laughs> Anything else, Chris, before we, we, we no, shut man, this down? Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing because uh, there's a guy that, that put $2,100 a Louisville fan put $2,100 on Bryce Young to go number one overall just to spite Matt Jones saying that uh, Levis could go number one. He won $131 bucks because the bet was minus 1600 So just absolutely love that. That's a, that's a great parting shot um, for the That's such a good – That's that's I just like – Oh, this is fantastic. It literally that's says, really where's the number one big Will Levis? Tell your friends and family he is not <laughs> going number one at Matt Jones. And a screenshot of the ticket of him betting $2,100 to win $131. Oh, I'll toss. I'll go find it. I'll go toss that in the, the notes so you can see it yourself. But with that, we'll, cl- we'll close this up. As always, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Chris, for joining me. Uh, we will we will be once this once this roster's finished, we'll have more to yeah. say. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. Enjoy your derby. Mm-hmm.